Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. What's going on, everybody? How's everyone doing this morning? That was pretty good. There was like three of you who were actually happy. So it seems like it's a little bit quiet in here today, so I think we need to get a little bit of energy going. Can I get like a what's up, Jared, everybody? Come on. One, two, three. (laughs) All right. I'm going to count to three, and then we're going to do that again. One, two, three. I like it. Okay. There we go. So listen, I've been thinking this for a little while, that when I preach, um, you know, it would be cool to get a little bit of energy and excitement in the room. Uh, you don't have to be loud or obnoxious or anything, but it would be cool if you laughed at my jokes. No, I'm just kidding. You do that a lot. But, um, you know, if there's something that you like or you hear something or you're encouraged by something, I just encourage you just to be a little bit more free. I'm not trying to get anybody to be outside of who they are. But you know what? Like, we are Christians. We have been given the greatest hope of all time. Let's act like it. You know what I mean? Like, Let's actually like be excited about what Jesus has done in our life. So feel free. This is a, a no judgment zone. So if you feel like you want to be like, that's good, or yeah, or mmm, something like that, feel free, okay? So, all right. So today, uh, well, my name's Jared. I'm the lead pastor here at Encounter. If this is your first time with us, I'm grateful that you are here. Today, we are wrapping up our God in the Movies message series. This is something special that we do once a year, usually in September, where we take some clips from some of the most popular movies that have been shown in the last year, and then we try to find truth from God's word in those movies. I mean, think about it, right? A lot of people don't go to church anymore, and movie theaters have actually been considered to be the new cathedrals of our culture, right? And so why not? Let's take what God's truth is reality. Let's take those truths and find them in movies, and then use them so that people can know Jesus, and maybe in some unlikely places. So we've done Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Last week, we talked about the movie Inside Out. And this week, we're exploring the movie Creed. And you all know what's coming right now. So pull those sodas out, because we're going to open these up together. So on the count of three, we're going to open these up here, and we're going to hear this glorious sound together. You ready? One, two, three. Oh, yeah. Start the show. Let's start the show. He's right over here. We had to separate him. He was fighting with the other inmates. Hey, Donnie. Your father was a great man to me. I don't know him. Ain't got nothing to do with me. Well, I think you could be a great too. So what made you want to fight? My pop was a fighter. Died before I was born. Bounced around foster care, in and out of juvie. I've been fighting my whole life. It's not a choice for me. You see this guy here standing back at you? That's your toughest opponent. Who's next? I believe that's true in the ring, and I think that's true in life. So you're going to leave me too? You know how many times I had to carry the heavyweight champion of the world up these stairs because he couldn't walk. Ribs broken, nose broken, eyes swollen shut. What are you afraid of? I'm afraid of taking on the name and losing. Call me a fraud. You're still caught in the shadow. Every move that I make, every punch that I throw, everything's going to be compared to him. You are Apollo Creed's son, so use the name. It's yours. This kid's been no way, he's never faced nobody. You don't know nothing about me. You are false creed. You do this, you're going into a storm. 
Approach. Hey, somebody help! Rocky's sick. I found life in the darkest of times. If I break, I ain't gonna fix it. I found Everything I got is moved on, and I'm here. You're sitting there crying about nobody's around for you. I'm here for you every day. I'm standing right in front of you. Just like any other fight. So if I fight, you fight. I found life on this planet. Damn it, I've been damaged, but I, I can manage. I won't take this for granted. Bring back everything that's ever hurt you. All the pain you had inside. They don't know what we've been through. You belong here. I found life. You should be able to grab one of these birds. Are you serious? I am serious. Chickens are slowing down. <laughs> How many of you have seen the movie Creed? Let me see your hands. How many of you have ever seen a Rocky movie? All right, so everybody's hands goes up. There's like four of you have seen Creed. <laughs> I encourage you to watch this movie. Creed is the seventh movie. Yeah, that's right, seventh movie in the Rocky Balboa saga. Uh, the first movie came out in 1976, and until today, uh, there's been this compelling story of a man named Rocky Balboa who is the epitome of getting knocked down, getting back up, fighting for what he believes in. And uh, Creed picks up that story with a man named Adonis Creed, who is the son of Rocky's best friend and old nemesis, Apollo Creed. And what happens in the movie is that, unfortunately, Rocky has lost his purpose. The trailer kind of alludes to it that he gets cancer in the movie, and, and he's sort of moved on because everything that he had in his life has moved on with him, and he doesn't want to fight anymore. But Adonis, on the other side, is trying to become the man that he was supposed to be, following in the footsteps of his father, but he doesn't know how to get there. And so this is a beautiful story about two men who need each other. They need to fight with each other so that they can become who they are truly meant to be and stay on their feet. I don't know a lot about boxing, personally. Uh, in fact, all I really know about boxing is what I've really seen in Rocky movies. That's, that's really all I know. Every time I turn it on, and maybe on HBO, if, if I've ever had that channel, uh, boxing does not look nearly as cool and glamorous as it does in Rocky movies. But um, recently, my sister and her boyfriend had been uh, invited by another member of our church to go to uh, a boxing ring here in Pittsburgh, a local gym. And I asked her about what the experience was like, and she said it was like the toughest workout that she's ever had in her life, that it was, it was exhausting. Um, the routine that they would go through, there's all sorts of different workout routines that you go through when you get to the, to the boxing gym. There's, there's sit-ups, there's push-ups, there's jump rope, and there's ring work, there's, there's uh, you know, things like the punching bags, all the types of things you would normally see. But as she was telling me this story about how the, the workout went, one of the particular routines kind of stood out to me, and that's what this word you probably heard of, it's called shadow boxing. This idea of, of shadow boxing where an individual uh, gets in front of a mirror and they, and they, they box kind of with themselves. Um, and in the movie Creed, we actually see Adonis doing this thing. He doesn't know how to train. So in the movie, Adonis tells us that he, he's, he doesn't know how to get there. He's been a fighter for a while, but he's never actually had any formal training. And so we see him actually sitting in his own home movie theater trying to watch a fight of his dad and Rocky fighting, and he kind of shadow boxed. Let's take a look at what that might look like in this clip. Fight two with Rocky Balboa as a challenger, and of course, Apollo Creed, the world champion. 
and there's the bell. Comes over to hurry now. He throws a couple of rights and left out there. He starts to take command early here, and now he kind of motions his feet. Come over to the center of the ring. So shadow boxing. Shadow boxing is where, like I said a minute ago, you stand in front of the mirror and you are pretending to, to fight a, an individual like a boxer. And what happens is, is that it's designed to teach you form. It's designed to teach you concentration. But the thing that stood out to me about shadow boxing is that it's actually something that is done alone. Shadow boxing is something where you face yourself. It's a part of every trainer's repertoire. They need to learn that. They need to learn their form. But at the same time, it's something that is done alone. Now, interestingly enough, the word shadow boxing got me thinking because it's not just in the ring. There's actually, I've heard this before, outside of the ring in the Bible. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 to 27, we've actually heard this before in this, in this church. It says, don't you realize that in a race, Everyone wins, but only one person gets the prize. So he says, run to win. He says, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that fades, but we do it for an eternal prize. So he runs with purpose in every step. He says, I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. He says, I'm not just shadow boxing. He's actually preparing for the real thing. But like I mentioned a minute ago, the thing that's interesting about shadow boxing is that it's usually done alone. It's an isolating event. So I asked my sister how her first time went at the gym, and she said it was actually a lot better because there was a trainer who was there. So they had an individual who kind of would walk around, show them how to do the specific workout routines. He would time them. He would give them pointers. He would give them feedback. And she said that that was probably the best thing about the whole workout because if she didn't have a trainer there with her, she would have no idea what to do. And the same thing is true with shadow boxing. It's important. Every, every trainer, every boxer needs to shadow box because that's how they work on their form and their concentration. But the thing is, is that if they don't have a trainer there teaching them, showing them in their corner, the problem becomes that they might be practicing bad technique. They could be doing the wrong thing in the mirror and not know any different. So this is what brings up the question. Without someone to help, we could be practicing the wrong moves. And I think about that scripture that we just read about running the race, about winning the race. What is Paul talking about? What is the Apostle Paul talking about? What is this winning the race? He's talking about our faith. He's talking about the purpose of our faith, the purpose of why we exist as Christians. That's to put God first in everything we do, to love our neighbor as we self. We talked about this last week, our neighbor as ourselves. It's to bring the message of Jesus to the world, right? This is the gospel. It is that we have been saved by grace, and we have a responsibility to bring that grace to other people. That's what he means by running the race, running it to win. And I think about shadow boxing. I think about how isolating it is. It's important, but and then I think about my sister, and I think about how they had a trainer, and I think about our faith and trying to win the race, and I think so many times we feel like we should run alone, or maybe we just do run alone, or we train alone. And this is the thing that's the problem. I believe that when Paul was talking about this passage of Scripture, I believe he was talking about training and disciplining ourselves in our faith, that he was not saying that we should run it by ourselves, but that instead we need to have each other. 
I mean, you think about the Christian world, right? The Bible teaches us that we are a family. It's called the body of Christ, okay? The Bible says that we are all together, that we are a family in relationships. It was never meant to be lived alone. We should not try to run it alone. We should run the race together. And so today I want to talk to you about that. What does it look like to run this race, to live the life of faith together, to win the race? So Hebrews chapter 12, if you open your Bibles to Hebrews, this is a book of the Bible. It's not a group of people. It is a group of people, but it's actually a book of the Bible. Open it up to Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to read verse 1 through 3. We're going to start with just the first verse. Hebrews chapter 12, he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, Let us strip off everything that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. You notice any patterns there? Us, 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 us. Let us run the race that God has set out before us. We are all in this together. We are better together. And that's our big idea of the day. If you're taking notes, write this down. The big idea is that we need to run the race as a team to win. To win, we need to run together. Running alone, we get tired. We get discouraged. We get distracted. But when we run together, we can win this race together of faith. So I want to spend the rest of our time, which is not that much time, thinking about what does it look like to run the race together? How can we win a race together. Well, what can we learn from Adonis and from Rocky about running our race together? Let's take a look at our next clip. No, I don't even know what I'm doing here because I, I got other plans in my life and this wasn't part of it. Your father was special. I'll tell you the truth, I don't know if he's special. Only you're going to know that when the time is right. And it ain't going to come overnight. You're going to take a beat, you're going to take this, you're going to get knocked down, you're going to get up, and you're going to see if you got the right thing. But you got to work hard. I swear to God, if you're not going to do it, I'm out. Like every punch I ever thrown has been on my own. Nobody showed me how to do this. I'm ready. Come on, let's do this. Step into my office. All right, what does it take to win win the race together? I think the first thing that it takes is it takes commitment, perseverance, and it takes partners. So if we look at verse 2, so Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, he keeps on by saying, he says, we do this. He says, run the race that God has set before us, right? And he says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and he perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting for him, Jesus endured the cross disregarding its shame. And now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility that he endured from sinful people, and then you won't be weary and give up. What he's doing here is he's encouraging us as Christians. He's saying that this life is hard, that when we get involved in in relationships with people and as we grow up and become adults and have to live the adult life, and even as kids, it's difficult. People are going to hurt us. We're going to get into situations we don't know what to do about it. And when you add the name of Jesus to your life, it brings in other complications into your life. Yes, it's glorious and it's wonderful and we find freedom and hope in Jesus, but our life doesn't suddenly get easy because we found a relationship with God. No, instead, the Bible tells us that we will continue to face trouble. 
that we will continue to have frustrations. Our finances will continue to be difficult. Our marriages will take work. Our relationships with our kids will be difficult. They may go for different directions we want. We might lose our jobs. Our house might be a breakdown. Our cars might have problems. All sorts of things will happen. And he says to run the race, to win it in our faith. We might come and tell people about Jesus, and we might lose a friend over it because they don't want to know anything having to do with it. This week, I was on Facebook, and I had a relationship with a, with a friend in the community, and she posted something that was kind of up for conversation, and I disagreed with her stance. And so I just said, hey, you know, I, I respectfully disagree. Here's what I think, da 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 And I said, from my religious background, this is why. And then it turned into this whole other thing where people jumped in. They were, you know, it was like I felt like a punching bag. And that happens sometimes when you disagree with people, when you stand up for something you believe is right. I wasn't in any way saying that, like, that they were completely wrong. I, wasn't, I didn't have that attitude. I was just trying to you know, have a conversation, and other people didn't afford that. Sometimes that kind of thing happens, and we need commitment. We need perseverance. We need partners. We have to have endurance in this walk of faith. In order for us to know Jesus and to reach the prize of eternal life with Jesus, it's not just about raising your hands and I want that. That's, that's the ticket. That's the way to go. But Jesus made it clear that following him was taking up our cross, following him, denying ourselves. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus, he said. He said, we do this by focusing on Jesus. And that's what Jesus did. He was praying just before he went to the cross, Father, is there any way? that I don't have to take this punishment? Is there any other way to save mankind without having to be tortured on a cross? And he said, but your will be done. And then Paul tells us in, Roman, in, 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 I'm sorry, in Hebrews chapter 12, he said that keeping his focus on the joy that awaited him, he willingly went through it. He was committed. He persevered through it. But we also have to have people in our corner. We have to run this together. That's what I love so much about this movie, about Rocky and, and, and Creed, is that, is that they're together. Adonis said, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have any way of knowing how to fight. Every punch I've ever thrown has been on my own. I've never had anyone show me anything. And Rocky is there to teach him. We have to be there with each other. We need fathers. We need mothers. We need mentors in this church. We need to, we need to take life with each other. We need to have moments where we say, listen, you're my friend, and I'm going to be alongside of you. I'm going to walk with you. We need people in our corner encouraging us. And correcting us. And I thought this week about, while I was writing this message, I thought about Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal, historically, most of you guys I think know him, huge guy, basketball player, Shaq, as they call him. He has a terrible free throw percentage rate. And it never got better throughout his career. And I heard a story one time, I believe it was Phil Jackson, legendary coach, who said, Shaquille O'Neal is a great player, and I've watched him practice every day after practice, and he would be practicing free throws, but his percentages never went up. And he said, you know why? Because he was practicing with bad form. He was doing the wrong thing every day, and no one bothered to tell him. And the same thing is true of us as Christians is that so many of us live our lives in faith and we wonder why our faith feels like we're spinning out in the mud. It's because maybe we're living the wrong way. Perhaps we're not engaging in the right behaviors, the right disciplines or activities as a Christian, and we need someone to come along and say, no, 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 this is how you do it. Just like that shadow boxer. You might, you might be like, I pray every day. I, might, I read my Bible every day or every couple days or whatever it is. I go to church all the time. I serve on the dream team. What's the problem? I don't understand why I feel dry or my life's not getting any better. But maybe it's because there's a different approach to it. And you need somebody to come along and say, watch this. Watch me. 
So as you're shadow boxing, disciplining yourself on your own time, when you're at home and you're reading your Bible or you're praying, as you're doing that, you also need a friend, a mentor, a trainer in your corner to teach you how to pray, to teach you how to read your Bible, what to look for. When you're out talking to people, when you're living your life, when you're at life groups and you share something and you respond and it didn't go well, you have people in your life who will say, you know what, maybe if you responded this way, it might be better for you or might change it. You understand what I'm saying? We need perseverance, we need commitment, but we need people in our corner. We need partners to run this race together. But even with the best partners, even with commitment and training, difficult times are going to come. I know you know this is no, no uh, surprise to you, and we will feel like giving up. There have been so many times in my own life where I have felt like giving up, where I felt like my faith was like, you know, it's not worth it. As a pastor, launching, planting a church, trying to get it off the ground, there were times where I wondered, God, is this thing ever going to work? Is it going to take off? I mean, there are times where in my own life, my own family, my job, my finances, where you feel like giving up. But here's the deal, is that it's during those times that as Christians, we've got to lift each other up. We have to carry each other's burdens. And in the movie, Rocky finds out that he has cancer, and he wants to give up. He doesn't want to get treatment. And so Adonis is, is, is shocked. He's like, I don't, I don't know what to do. We're in this together, and Rocky wants to give up, and, and Adonis doesn't know what to do. And so Adonis walks in one night, to Rocky's dinner table, and they have this wonderful conversation about how they can get through this together. Let's take a look at the clip. I mean, what I look like, letting you train me while you sit around and die. Just like any other fight. This fight... I've seen it before. It gets as bad as it can get. And most of the time, you don't win it. I don't care. I ain't training if you don't get the treatment. So if I fight, you fight. that scene because it's not just about it's not just about one man fighting himself it's not just about the struggle that the other guy has rocky could just have easily said i'm done with this i've seen my wife die to cancer i can't fight anymore i just want to die an old man and be done with this and adonis could have gone maybe and found another trainer or tried it on his own but they were in it together i think if we want to win the race 
that is set out before us as Christians, if we want to live life well, if we want to do what God has called us to do, if we want to live like Jesus lived, if we want people to know who he is and have, find healing and freedom and, and their chains be broken off of them, if we want them to have the light that we have found because of what he's done for us, to live that life, to run the race together, we have to have commitment, perseverance, and partners, but we also have to fight each other's battles. We have to fight each other's battles. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 makes it pretty clear. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. You see, to win the race, we have to fight together. There are going to be times in your life where you're going to feel weak, where you're going to feel tired, where you don't know what you're going to do, you don't feel like you have the strength, and you feel alone. But the reality is, is that you're not alone. You have brothers and sisters in Christ who are here at church on Sundays, at life group throughout the week. You have a phone that you can text people, you can call people, there's Facebook. We are more connected than ever before in, our, in the time of our history. There is no reason that we need to feel alone. But we have to be vulnerable with each other. You can't help someone fight their battle if you aren't aware of the battle that they're fighting. And oftentimes what happens for us individually is that we feel embarrassed by whatever it is that's going on in our circumstances, in our situation. Or we feel like maybe we lie to ourselves and we think that we can do it, but it just gets worse and worse and worse. But this life is hard. It's difficult. There is so much that's going on and we cannot possibly fight it alone. As I was praying this week, I thought about it and I said, God, I would love during this particular part of the message to have like a specific, um, some specifics that I could give about what maybe someone might be struggling with. Because I feel like there may be somebody in the room who's hearing what I'm saying, but isn't sure that there is an answer to their problem. And I believe that God is alive. I believe that he is real. I believe that he is supernatural. And so I asked the Lord to give me specific, some specific words about maybe what someone might be going through today. And hopefully this will encourage you. The first one that I thought of today, I said, God, what are people struggling with and that they need someone to carry it with them? The first one I thought of was prescription pills. I don't know who it is. I have no idea. But I believe that God's telling me today because he wants you to know that he exists and he's proving it, proving it to you. And he's calling you out to say, don't live this alone. And maybe there's someone in the room today who's struggling with prescription pill addiction. Now, I don't know where it came from, where it started, but you feel like you're alone. You are not alone. This church is here for you, and Jesus Christ is here to break you free from that. Prescription pills. The second one that I thought about was lust and pornography. That maybe there's a man or a woman in the room today who struggles with lust, whether it be watching movies that, on TV or in the movie theater, whether it be magazines or uh, whatever it might be, or it might even be pornographic websites, but it's taking you to a place that you shouldn't be going. It might be messing up your relationship with another person. Uh, I don't know what it is. But I just felt like somebody in the room today was going to be struggling with that. And you need to share that with someone so that you can have help from each other. And the third one was financially. I don't know, maybe there's somebody in the room today I felt like maybe who's up against the wall, perhaps even facing bankruptcy. I don't know. But it's embarrassing. And I understand that. All of these things are embarrassing. And you would say, but I can't share that with someone. I may, all right, maybe I'll pray to God because I know he knows anyway. But, but this whole message is about the idea that we have to run this race together. We have to fight together. And if you go to a life group or if you have a relationship with somebody in this house who 
You have a relationship with them, but they have no idea what's going on. If you've not been honest with them, if you've not been vulnerable with them, they have no idea. They can't pray for you. They can't lift you up. They certainly can't support you in any way. We have to be willing to share what's happening inside of our lives with each other to be able to fight each other's battles. And I loved the end of that clip. I loved the end of that clip where Rocky was sitting in the hospital in the chemo chair and Adonis came with him to support him and to be there with him, but Rocky still did his part and helped him train in the hospital room. That's a beautiful picture. We don't stop fighting. We don't stop training in our own life. We live life together. We fight together. We lift each other. We carry each other's burdens. But I encourage you to be vulnerable with each other. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. So how do we run the race together? How do we win this race? We need commitment, perseverance, and partners. We have to fight each other's battles. So as our worship team comes back on the stage, I want to give you a few just practical elements today. What are some steps that we could take? How do I apply this? What do I do with this in my own life? Oh no, my coffee. It's all right. Practical steps to start today. Number one, I've mentioned it a few times today, life groups. I cannot stress enough how important life groups are. This is the place that we have created as a church. It is the model we see in scripture for Christians to prioritize time with each other. Why? So that we can have sob sessions? No, so that we can live life together, so that we can learn how to run together. So every week we've got four different groups that meet on Tuesdays and Thursday, and one each, and, and they just get together. There's food involved, and we eat together, and we share what's going on in our lives together, and we discuss the messages on Sunday and apply it to your own life and whatever's going on. It's a wonderful time where you meet friends, people who carry your burdens together. If you want to sign up, if you haven't yet, you don't really have an excuse. Go to the Connection Center and sign up for a group. You can go online. You can talk to myself or Aaron or Chris or Carrie or my wife Heather or who else? Uh, Mike and Kinsey Roth. All of them are leaders and we want to get you connected to a life group. I promise you, this is probably the single most effective thing that you can do right now to begin this process of running the race together. The second is the dream team. At church, every Sunday, we have a group of people who not only are only living life by themselves in a group, but they come out and they use the gifts that God has placed in their lives, the talents, the skills, their interests. We have a worship team. We have a guest services team. We have people who are downstairs right now discipling children so that they know Jesus. We have a science team. We've got a media team. There are all sorts of different ways for you to get involved. And part of running the race and training and disciplining yourself, as Paul said, is not just sitting on the couch or sitting in the chairs. It's becoming a part of the family. It's saying, I will become a part of God's dream. So you stand up and you say, how can I help? What can I do? And we need your help. Not like in a, oh my gosh, we're going to close our doors. No, we need you because God has called you to be a part of this thing, this mission that God has for us. So join the team, get off the bench, get on the field. And I promise you, as you serve on a Sunday morning, as you serve at our outreaches, you will find that God does stuff in your life. He heals you. He builds bonds and relationships with other people through serving, through life groups. The third thing is Bible reading plan. If you think about like a boxer and disciplining and training, he needs nutrition as well, right? He doesn't just shadow box. When he's done, he also has to feed himself with nutrition, And the way that a Christian does that is he feeds himself with a nutritional diet of Bible reading and of prayer. 
So I encourage you to get a Bible reading plan, whether you go to a Christian bookstore and you get a devotional of some kind, whether you talk to a friend, talk to me, talk to one of our leaders in our church about where you can find it. What does it look like? How do I read the Bible? What do I look for? And again, going to life groups, we have a model that we use to examine scripture. You learn that. I encourage you, or get the Bible app. This is probably the easiest thing. Go online to the app store and download the Bible app. I'm serious. Type in Bible and it's like the one. It's like 50 zillion downloads, okay? It's free, and they have apps, like they have uh, like, like Bible reading plans and all sorts of things in there. Get one. It will feed your diet and will give you the strength and the energy you need in between times when you're with your friends. And lastly, you need accountability. This is so serious, so serious. You need someone who is going to ask you questions when you don't want to be bothered. You need someone in your life who's going to say, I haven't seen you in the gym. It seems like you're a little off today. Have you, been, have you been praying? Have you been worshiping? Yeah, you show up to church. Yes, you serve. Yeah, you come to life group, but something's not right. And I know you, you I just feel like you haven't. You see what I'm saying? You need somebody that you can trust. You need somebody who, when you share that in your relationship, in life group or in private, when you say, I'm dealing with this thing, I confess this thing, whatever it might be, I need help, I need a friend. You need someone who you can trust confidentially, but you need that person who, when you're done with that conversation, is willing to come and say, hey, how's that going? I've still been praying for you. You need accountability. And this is not accountability here. On Sunday morning, this is not accountability. This does not count. You have to have relationships. I promise you guys, I have struggles that I do not feel comfortable sharing with you and vice versa. I need friends. I need people who love me. You need people who love you, people who you can be honest with, you can bear your soul to, and who will be there and who will support you. I always say it all the time that life groups, relationships, they, they celebrate joy, they multiply our joy, but they cut our burdens in half. Every person who we share with in deep, authentic relationship lifts burdens off of us. I promise you, let's fight this fight together. Would you stand with me and close your eyes as we close in prayer? Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.